Welcome to iWoofs with your hosts, Dr. Ian and Kelly Dunbar, and me, Jamie Dunbar. So what are we talking about this week, Kelly? Uh, this week we have um, multiple dog households. The more the merrier. What do you mean we have multiple dog households? Well, this is what, that's what's on deck for this week. <laughs> You're uh, not thinking of us getting another dog, well, are you? Is that what this is about? It seems to be a recurring joke you like to make, Dad. I don't even know if you need to be so anxious about it. We have three. Three lovely dogs at home. So a lot of experience. As I said, the more the merrier. The more the merrier. Well, can be. Can be. Not always. Hmm. Not always. I, I think it's... Let's just jump into it. I'll give my two penny worth. That it, two I think penny. <laughs> two... <laughs> my... Can we stop them at two pennies? Pardon? No, no, this is... Invaluable advice. I think a lot of people think, oh, let's get another dog. And, and we have a number of reasons. One is, oh, my dog's lonely. Or my dog's destroying the house. Maybe he needs company and he won't do it. And I, and I think there we should say, well, first let's solve the problem and then maybe get a new dog. But you don't want to bring in a dog when one dog's misbehaving. You don't otherwise. want to bring a dog in as a resolution to any kind of existing problems you have. No, because you're going to have two dogs misbehaving. Like uh, having a baby to fix a marriage. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Yes, very, Good very, very, very to the point. And, and then I think the most important thing here is that I think you've got to ask the resident dog. There's so many times I've heard it where someone has rescued a dog, their heart has gone out, and they bring the dog home, and it wrecks the home situation. The resident dog doesn't like it. They don't get on. There's fighting. And, and it just destroys the life. So I think it's the number one thing that check with the resident dog. Does he want to have a dog? I mean, it's like saying to someone like, you know, uh, Kelly, you look lonely. I, I, I found a man on the street we're bringing home to live with us. <laughs> you know, it's that type of thing. And, and uh, it I think, depends on the man. Well, yeah, okay. But so, exactly. For you, it depends on your, your opinion Your, your personal you choice. You bring Johnny Depp precisely. home yeah, well, he wasn't on the street. I couldn't find Johnny. That, that And once he comes home, you might find that that is not the case. That he could turn out to be, you know. <laughs> anyway, to get back to, the, to, to, to what we're talking about here, yeah, that we ask the resident dog. So they have to meet. They have to meet. And the resident dog has to say, hey, he's pretty cool. I kind of like him. And, and so we can talk about how they meet, where they meet. But the most important thing, ask your dog. First. But you're skipping ahead, I think. Over, the, I mean, you did say, you know, think about why you're getting a dog. But you know, before you ask the dog, do they like this other dog? I think, you know, does the dog want another dog at all? You know, oh I mean, yeah, I mean, is it going to help with the situation? Probably not. You'll have double the amount of problems. But um, some dogs don't even. But so, how do you ask a dog that they whether they want a buddy? Well, you know, by just looking at so many dogs, that here's this lovely female dog, and every dog comes up, and says hi there. <laughs> She turns around and snaps at them. Maybe, you know, on the other hand, she could have a couple of, you know, very special friends. And I think this is the thing we forget with dogs, that their relationships are probably very similar to humans, that some people are grouchy, but they still have good friends. Everybody has enemies. You know, everybody has people who they just don't like. And dogs are the same, and, and, and it's important to give the dogs a chance to get along in a neutral setting. And, uh, and they play. Then say, well, maybe they like each other. Let's try it out at home. And then say, okay, well, this dog can stay. What about fostering as, an, as a kind of a trial? Brilliant, brilliant because, idea. Because, I mean, so many organizations need help with their fostering anyway. And 
you get, you know, you get an idea of what it's like to live with more than one dog. You can try a dog out, keep the dog if you like. And we know what's happened to every single animal we've fostered. There was Ashby, there was Claude, no, and no. two cats. We fostered no, them, and true. they end up living with us. Which, no, which is brilliant. It's not true. They, they no, worked no, out. They say. worked out. Claude was not a foster, and neither was Ugly. That's true. What are you well, saying? Well, Mayhem was a foster. <laughs> mayhem came with Ugly. Um, mayhem and Ugly are cats, by the way. I should, I should tell people. Claude was maybe not, not. No. no, Claude was an adoption. But what did we do? We took Ollie along to the SPCA and said to Ollie, do you like Claude? And actually Ollie said, no, not particularly, but I don't dislike him. Ollie didn't um, have many friends. He, I just wanted someone who would live side by side with yeah. him. So I, I think questions to ask, not only asking the dog, but asking the, the person too, that, that many people will get a dog, foster an adoption or get a puppy, like a, a, an impulse purchase. And I think you, you, you want to think, why am I getting a dog? Do I have time for the dog? What am I going to do with the dog? What sort of dog do I want? That there are so many questions to, to ask first. And I, and I think this is really, you know, the Dog Star Daily principle. It's like before the dog comes home, there's a lot of homework for you to do. You, you want to ask a, a, a lot of questions. And I think a lot, a lot of people don't necessarily realize that if you're going to add a second dog to your home, it's not just doubling the amount of work or it's not something as simple as, well, if you have one, you may as well take care of two. It's not that simple. It, it doubles your expenses. And if they're big dogs, that can be a huge, a huge deal. Um, also, when you have two dogs, you actually have it actually triples your workload, training-wise and and um, attention-wise, because you have to spend individual time with each dog to make sure that your bonding and training is going um, well in, in, individually, and then you need time together to work as a team, as a group. And so now you've got to train. Now I've got to train Dune, and then individually, and then Hugo individually, and. Claude, not so much. Um, <laughs> but then we do group training as well so that they can, you know, when you have the, the distraction of the other dogs, we have, you know, still have some level of... Yeah, that's, that's a finite way of looking at it, but it's actually more than that because you've got two dogs on different schedules and all it needs is for one dog to go off schedule and say, hey, I'm ready to play now. And now we have an activity situation beginning. You know, when you have one dog, you get to know his schedule very, very well, and it meshes in with yours, and, and, and you both learn. You bring in the second dog, and now we have schedule mismatches. And then when you bring in a third, I mean, and now you, you really do have it. it it's, a, it's a big, big deal. It, it's a huge investment now, I think, to live with three dogs. No, definitely. And usually with three, I don't, I don't know, in my, my experience... Um, Usually there's one kind of odd man out, too. Well, that's, yeah, I always like three as a number. You do? I repeat that. I love no, three as a number. No, even numbers are better than odd no, numbers. No, 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 no. Even numbers, no, even numbers, it's like living with people, you know, living in groups of four, it's two against two. But when you have three, there's, there's always a majority decision, two to one. And as you say, yeah, there's often the odd man out, but that's what life is about. You know, it's like uh, we're not all... Uh, created equal um, we all deserve i think sort of you know equal pleasures and what have you but no these two dogs will play and this one will watch or, or be like grouchy dog right you know i think going back to uh what kelly was saying about adding a second dog actually tripling your work that's kind of like the best case scenario um <laughs> you know that's assuming that the dogs get along uh and oh that's, good point you know that's the the you know what you're looking forward to for example, we have a question from a reader ah, where question. they already had two dogs 
and nine cats, and oh, they got a new dog, and it just completely changed everything because the dog did not get along, um, and the the workload and the stress just you know skyrocketed. It was an entirely different level. Um, so do you have the question? What is right the question? Here? I yeah. have the question right here. If you'd like to hear the specifics, that's a coincidence. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, I think we might have to institute a policy in future questions, more of like a Twitter format where we're limited, <laughs> limited to <laughs> a certain number of characters. Is several pages long. They've no. written a book. Oh no, well, as, just a page. as usual. But I will do my best to summarize. So our reader acquired a dog that was rescued from Gonzales, uh, Louisiana, after Hurricane Katrina. Exact age unknown, about eight weeks. Uh, got along great with the... Eight weeks, so it's a puppy. Oh, a puppy. Yeah. Whoa. Estimated. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, got along very well with the big brother, a four-year-old pit bull. However, did not get along so well with a 13-year-old retriever mix that was already there. Um, and there's a lot of details here, but basically they they occasionally came to fights, and those fights occasionally involved bites that required going to... Um, going to the vet and getting real medical attention. Um, and then I also mentioned there are nine cats there. And uh, for the most part, the cats get along. So but yeah, but let's just go back to the... It's a bit woolly in my mind at the moment when you say not getting along. Who bit who? The okay, retriever? So might as well go through it. Problems arise, however, when our third dog, a 13-year-old retriever mix, comes into the picture. Because now the Pipple's three and a half years old, basically. The, I mean, the Pipple. The, the dog they rescued... In 2005, at eight weeks. I see. Is yeah. now a three-year-old, almost four-year-old dog. Okay. Mm. And the other one's now an almost eight-year-old pit bull. All right, so who bit whom? So if the retriever mix gets close to Jonah, the Katrina rescue, Jonah, the rescue dog, attacks, biting Murphy, the older retriever, generally right in the face. More than once, the bites have required medical attention, emergency medical attention, and usually when Jonah attacks Murphy, Murphy will yelp in pain, which elicits a reaction from Occam, the pit bull, who usually gets along, and makes for a horrible scene. Uh, during one altercation, she attempted to get Jonah off of Murphy, and both dogs came up off the ground because Jonah would not let go of the other dog. Yeah, th this is, um, to start with, very, very unusual situation that... Um, and, and it's where I, I really need to talk to the owners before I, I can give them advice here. But it's a serious problem because damage is being done, and and, and that is what now changes this this squabble, this fighting into something that's that's serious rather than just dogs not getting on. But it's so unusual that the puppy has come into this social group of two dogs that got along, Pitbull and the Retriever, and somehow the puppy has grown up without bite division. So all I can think of is that they did not allow these three dogs to play when the puppy was growing up, because this is very bizarre for this to happen. The, the, when I asked who bit whom, I, I was just assuming you were going to say, oh, the retriever bit the, the, the rescue dog, which is now three years you old. Know, but saying this, you know, I mean, a lot of the dogs rescued from Hurricane Katrina were dogs that were... I, I'm guessing maybe not pet dog quality several generations back. I mean, this could be almost like, I don't want to say a feral dog, but a dog that wasn't... But it, it doesn't matter. Coming in, at eight, coming in at eight weeks, they would still develop bite inhibition if they were playing with those two dogs on a regular basis. It doesn't mean that over-excitement couldn't class. make him get overzealous. And it looks like, sounds like we've got two young, strapping, probably both bully breeds that are picking on an elderly golden retriever. I don't find it... 
that unusual. It doesn't mean the dog doesn't have bite inhibition. It means he's getting overstimulated and and crazy in this kind no, of No, no, I, I see your point. I, I, I do, though, want to really reemphasize that this is bizarre and it's unlucky that a puppy comes in and plays with two dogs and doesn't develop bite inhibition. But, no, the point you're making is really important Sounds that like we have, you know, like a, a, a retriever, like, hey, dude, I'm wagging my tail, I'm happy. And then guy. we got two, an old guy, two bully breeds, and now we Guessing, are picking on him. And, and this is where they have to respond like you do at home. They've just got to say, hey, hey, dude, knock it off. Don't even think about it. And you've got to pick up these subtle signs that's happening. And, and what happens, I think, with so much dog behavior, people's brains just fuse. They think, oh, look what's happening. The, the, the beautiful relationship is going to hell in a handbasket. What can I do? Well, what you can do is tell the dog, quit it. Knock it off. Well, you have down. to know that Go you have outside. to recognize the subtle signs and, and always be watching for that. I mean, we've got a similar situation. Our, I mean, not similar. No one's biting anyone's face off or anything. But we've got two younger strapping bulldogs. Granted, one's the size of a, you know, Tank. little shrimp. Oh, bowling no, ball. A yeah. bowling ball. <laughs> one's but, the size of a toaster oven. The other's yeah. the size of an oven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, they're both young and they're both bully breeds. And then we've got old, older, elderly, dare I say, Claude. We're not sure how old he is, but he's you know probably 11 or 12. And even though, you know, neither of the Bulldogs really start anything with him, Claude, even though he's older, he's trying to maintain this kind of sense of control uh, in the situation, and it's causing, you know, it's causing tension, and Claude's actually starting it, but Dune picks up on it and then gets, you know, agitated. And, you know, I think it's, uh, my situation is more mild, but it's the same kind of dynamic. Well, I, I think it's mild because the way you deal with it, and, and we should tell the listeners, and I, I think there's two important things that you do. Number one, the dogs are together, that we don't separate. That's so important. So when going back to the question, she said that she's had to resort to separating the dogs. The new rescue dog is now in yeah, well, an entirely and, separate and, part and of the house. And what is going to happen is that's the way she's going to live for a very long well, time. As soon as you separate for more than a day, you, you have great difficulty getting them back together. It's kind of like if a dog goes off to the vet for two days, when he comes back, you have to reintegrate. So the important points are, number one, try and keep the social group together, because if you separate them, that's how you're going to have to live In less for a long, extreme long time. situations as well. Let's not talk about this question specifically, but more generally what you would do no, in yeah. this situation. Oh, oh, yeah. And then number two, give feedback to the dogs and pick up on these subtle signs. And it may be as subtle as one dog gets up and wanders over to where another dog's sleeping and stands there. You just say to the dog, hey, Dune, I'm watching you, buddy. Just don't even think of it. And you don't back up the sort of the older dog or, or the, the one that's being bullied. You don't want to do that. That They have to live together and work it out, but you can tell the dogs which are bullying, knock it off or so, lie down. So you can tell them when to stop if you see them acting like kind of a jerk, but... Absolutely. Can yeah. you use classical conditioning to kind of tell them how to be nice to each other? Or Absol <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> oh, Jamie. Jamie. I mean, it's, that's, it's the number one been paying attention. thing to do. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm just guessing years. here. I don't know. Yeah, and, and then let's take the, go back to the question and these two dogs now which are separated, I would even do classical conditioning there and say, well, let's muzzle both dogs, put them on leash, bring them into the living room, husband has one, wife has the other, and then one dog leaves and comes back, leaves and comes back, leaves and comes back. And the dog that's sitting on the couch, the owner ignores him if the other dog's not there, but praises him and feeds him dinner if the other dog's there. So he then makes the connection, 
wow, I love it when the other dog's present. Then you reverse roles. So, no, always, Jamie, we, we're, we're totally uh, remiss here in forgetting ourselves. Always in these situations, classical conditioning comes first. And I Work would say... positive. You got it. Simple rule, no food in food bowls. Every bit is hand-fed in the presence of the other dog. So the dogs make the association, good things happen, the best things happen in life when the other dogs are around. I have to do this Absolutely. every day with our cats, frankly, since Mayhem <laughs> can't stand ugly. Yeah. And um, every day, you know, Ugly doesn't get dinner until Mayhem shows up. It's a lifelong process, so Kelly. So he now is looking for her every day at dinner time, waiting for her to come, and then she sees him and hisses and swats him anyway, just for being there. So, but, you know. yeah, and another great exercise they can do with the dogs is um, they walk the two dogs that don't get along, um, husband and wife, say, so walk them, and then one person walks on ahead, and then you stop praising and talking to the dog that you're with then the dog that's walking on ahead then comes back and as he comes back he then prays the dog because they're close so the dogs learn you know my owners are just so happy when this other dog is around and it makes me happy too and this is not in classical conditioning is not a a process where the dog says oh i get it when that other dog is close i get a treat no, it's a subconscious process where now the a presence... warm, happy feeling. You got it. You took the words out of my mouth, and I don't know why. Maybe you've heard them before. But yet, this dog has just a warm, happy feeling inside when the other dog is present. So now he doesn't want to fight. But in this case, the, 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 the thing remains, there's no bite inhibition if they do fight. We're going to the vet again. Returning to bite inhibition, the kind of the culmination of her question was, about whether there's a way to teach bite inhibition to an adult dog. Um, That's almost another topic for another day. Yeah, I'd rather I mean, stick to multiple dogs. Yeah, in, in a short day. answer, yes, you can teach them bite inhibition towards people, but not towards other dogs and animals, because it, it, it would be unethical. You know, to we, have we, dogs forcibly biting each other. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> How do you practice? Exactly. No. Um, but yes, that does seem and, like, and that that like a is, whole new topic. We and that is, let's not forget brunch. what we're doing here, and that is why people should go to puppy class. That's where you learn the bite inhibition, because the puppies are playing and biting and playing and biting, and they get the that's appropriate That's not feedback. where they learn, that's where they continue. That's where learn. they continue to learn, thank they you. They start when they're younger. I mean, you know, Wow, so I'm being put in my yeah. place a lot today. So many, yes, so many puppies are taken away from their, their mothers and their, their mother and litter mates too early, and that can cause a problem as well with their socialization, right? Right? Yes, right, absolutely. Right? No, I'm totally in agreement. So going back to just managing multiple dogs, you know, assuming that they are getting along for the most part, because separating them is a is a huge undertaking. And if you have lifelong separation, yeah, your life will be... Um, All right, talk about tripling your work. Uh, now you've just... It's insane. Exponentially increased it. And so many people live like that, about baby gates and closed doors and, and constantly on edge. And it's no, no, nobody dreams of that when they, when they <laughs> add another dog to their household. So, you know, and it's the saddest like, thing for a dog owner. You, know, you have a dog owner and they, they bring they in another dog dogs. and they want to have the whole pack there watching the telly in the evening or reading and walking together. It's so sad. It's so sad. We so. Do, I do have to say, you talked about the, the walking together and then doing the classroom mm -hmm. conditioning by moving closer together or further apart. Uh, aside from that, just walking dogs together in general, uh, dogs that maybe can't live in the living room together often do well side by side on leash 
together, and it's a nice way to kind of, it seems to strengthen a bond. I have done that with dogs before. They oh, absolutely. They love and each other. They and it's pretty safe. They're on leash, they're fine. controlled. Yeah. Whether it's two people walking them or one, if you have the right, you know, strength mm -hmm. and skill, um, they seem to generally do pretty well that way. Yeah, and if you add on to that, that today we're going to eat on the walk, so both dogs get hand-fed on the walk, you're getting real good bang for your buck in terms of classical conditioning. So there's there's so much we could talk about here in so little time. Um, let's just talk about the, the basic management and training of having more than one dog, assuming they're getting along, because we could go into you know all sorts of problems and resource guarding and all sorts of fun stuff. But You tell us how to do it, and I always leave it to you. What? How to, how to, how to, well, again, I, you know, first of all, it's, it's important to train individually and, and then train together. Uh, one thing I think people forget about, especially you know, if dogs are getting along well in a household, is that the alone time training needs to be, needs to be maintained throughout the life, lifetime of the dogs. If you have two littermates in the same household, they definitely need to learn to live separately in separate rooms, um, for short periods of time or extended periods of time. You know, we, we, if you have two dogs, and even if they're the same age, chances of them living the same lifespan are pretty slim. Chances that one is eventually going to have to go to the vet and stay overnight are pretty high, <laughs> especially as it seems in our household lately. Yeah. Um, you know, so they, they need to learn how to cope as individuals. On their own, yeah, as really indi important. Independent individuals. Yeah. And so few people, it's so easy to keep them together and to get them to have to pay attention to each other and to have that company. But they've also got to learn how to create alone, how to spend time in a room alone. Um, and then you actually remember you just did an article about this because I, I, I mentioned it, of special uh, field trips. Yes. Special yeah. days out. You know, we have three yeah. different dogs with three different personalities and energy levels. And, um, you know, they all get to, Claude gets to go to field trips to the vet. And the specialist. And, Lucky uh, Claude. <laughs> and he loves it, too. That's the, you know, I, I think he actually has doggy Munchausen syndrome. That's my yeah. view, because I, I say, we go to the vet, Claude, and he wags his tail and gets all perky he and he goes no in there. Memory, yeah. long-term memory. But, so, no, no. I mean, they have different things they do. Claude look, goes on very slow sniff walks. Dune likes to power on, and, you know, and we, we do energy walks. And then Hugo would like to go for a long time, but his little legs and, you know, lack of breathing apparatus make it difficult for him to keep up with dune so you know the other day we took hugo to uh the beach on a little a little mini field trip by himself because he hadn't pub. been and the pub he'd been to the <laughs> pub before he hadn't been to the beach and you know we just try to get everybody out for special individual time so that they are learning also how to cope with the world alone so they're learning how to be alone in your household but how so they're learning also to how to exist in the world without their I, big body. I think another really important point here about doing individual time with dogs is I find with uh, a lot of people who have multiple dogs that um, they often end up with a dog that's not socialized. And this is very yes, true of dog, dog. professionals. Oh, and, yeah. and what happens is, you know, they get a dog, say a Basset, it goes everywhere with them. They go camping with it. They take it to weddings. You know, this dog is so socialized. Then they get interested in doggy stuff. And people keep saying, you know, things like, get a real dog. I mean, they said this to me when I had my Malamute. So then they get an obedience breed, like a Border Collie or a German Shepherd, a Malinois. You know, a really sensitive dog, which makes them good for obedience, but you have to super socialize them. But now they're up to three dogs. Or and even it, two. And if they go Still anywhere, happens. they always go with all the dogs. That stops socialization. 
because now the dogs are socializing with each other, so they never socialize to unfamiliar dogs or people. So that's the real importance of, if you have a group of dogs, walk them individually as well. And it starts when they're yeah. so young. We see this in puppy class all of the time. Oh, good Lord, the, yes. the owners come in with a lovely, you know, their second German Shepherd or whatever it may be, and or anything, you know, it could be, you know, any, any breed. But they come in for their second dog, and it's a puppy, and so it's in puppy class by itself. It's been in the home now maybe three weeks, two weeks, four weeks, and they come to class, and the puppy is terrified and shy and won't come out and they say but he's great at home he plays with the, he knows other dogs he plays with other dogs one no, other dog one other dog, one other dog yeah. who he knows yeah. versus big brother or sister and and that dog already has is is kind of um lost without the crutch and the backup yeah he's become over dependent on his yeah. one buddy and when that buddy's not there he falls you apart. know and they start yeah. puppy class at, yeah. you know between 10 and, and and 12 weeks with any you know, hopefully 10 and 14 weeks so already that's that that pattern has been ingrained so yeah i always used to when i taught puppy classes i could pick these people out because number one their dogs were scared in class but number two, the owners were shocked. shocked. They were like, "Because they see a what? bold puppy that yeah, runs all over the house." Yeah, because at home, that puppy's a maniac. Jumps with on the big dog. dog and bites yeah. the dog. And, and then they're shocked, and I say, "What's the other dog you have at home?" Yeah. But I, or I'll usually say, if they have a shepherd like you came up with, I always say, "You have an older shepherd." Your puppy's telling me he's he's four years old, and they say, "How do you know?" I said, "Your puppy's telling me." Yeah. No, so very important. If you have a group of dogs, give them individual time. Otherwise, they will desocialize, and, and, and anyway, if you don't have individual time, it ju it's just not fair to that dog. They all like different things. So that really is the biggest lesson that we can we can we can give people today, right? Is teach your dog, even no matter how many dogs you have, do individual training, spend time alone with them, get them out for individual socialization, and. Uh, so I have a question. I think people probably do this naturally on their own but um how, how important do you guys think that treating all of your dogs equally is oh. like giving them all the same level of treats or that's a whole nother episode too yeah it's it's that's a good silly. question I, I i intentionally don't do it actually i was just listening to an iwas episode uh, yesterday and kelly and i were going head to head on this and um i just think life isn't fair dogs are individuals do what they like best so this dog likes this activity, do that with him. This dog likes this activity. Um, but occasionally, yeah, make sure you can control all three dogs at once, or dogs down. But what I love doing there, this is a, is a lovely little training exercise. It's um, get three dogs, and I say first dog to down. And the first dog that goes down gets a treat. So you've got three dogs, but only one treat. You find these three dogs will now really listen to you and you, and you get really good response. So I think we're, the time's nearly up. We've only got like 20 seconds. Do you have anything else to say apart from goodbye? No, I think that's no. it for now. All right. Let's go find a new dog. Goodbye. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Two we got, more. We got three. <laughs> we got three. Enough. Oh, five. You're right. Baker's, Baker's <laughs> dozen. Bye-bye. <laughs> that's all for this episode of I Whoops. Thank you for listening.